Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, this is your girl Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. I have another great special guest on today's show. We are thinking about period awareness because let's be honest, it's a taboo. Nobody likes to talk about getting that red dot in your underwear or in your bed sheets to other people because it's weird. Nobody knows what's happening when it's happening for the first time. So luckily for me, I have a lovely lady here named Heather who's going to share her perspective on this topic that we need to start thinking about and start having a different point of view and perspective on this topic. So Heather, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Missy. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I love talking about periods. I think I am one of the very few that actually love my period now. And I say now because I was almost 11. It was the summer I turned 11 when I first got my period. Um, and I hated it. A year ago, I was cheering myself on for a hysterectomy. I had horrible periods. They were painful. They were heavy. They came out of nowhere. Um, I had horrible depression, anxiety, PMS. I was, I, I turned into mommy monster on a regular basis. I thought my boss was going to fire me. Um, I mean, it was horrible. And then I learned what my body was telling me and it all changed to the point where now I love my period. I learned it is a vital sign to our health. Um, it tells us so much what's going on inside of us. Uh, it, it's literally a doctor's visit every single month without the paper gowns, without the stupid scale, without the doctor saying, you need to do this, you need to do that. Let's put you on this. Let's put you on that. It tells us what's going on and we can get so much information about our health from our periods. Wow. See, I didn't really understand it then that point of view. I got mine when I was eight years old. It was the New Year's Day and I wake up and there's blood everywhere and I thought that I was dying and I was freaking out. It was a hot mess. And I, like you said, it, heavy flows, cramping, and if the pads, oh my goodness, the pads and the tampons and what do you get? Still till this day, I look at that aisle and I'm just looking at everything like, what do I even need? I don't even know if I'm getting the right pads, to be honest. Like, I don't know. Like, I just learned a trick on TikTok on how to put your pads on correctly so that they don't like unstick and leave you. You know what I mean? Because they leave you for some reason. You pull up your underwear and then all of a sudden your your pads disappeared and gone. And you're like, oh, well, that happened really fast. Like I'm telling you, periods is a hot messery in itself. And I'm so glad that you brought up the hormones because oh man, it gets terrible with these hormones. Yep. And it's, it's confusing as a teen or, or, or tween, depending on when you first get your, your monarchy, your first period. Um, I mean, the middle is kind of a little bit nice because by that point, it's supposed to be regular. But then as you transition from perimenopause into menopause, you're actually like kind of going back to your teen years or in tween years when you first got your period. It's, it's like a bell curve because in the beginning in your tweens or when you first get your period, your hormones are starting to kick in. And then you've got the top where your reproductive years are. 
And then as you transition from reproductive years into perimenopause into menopause, it's the opposite of the teen years. Your, your hormones are shutting off. So if you look at it that way, if you remember how confused you were as a tween or a teen when you first got your period, that's kind of what's going to happen once you go into perimenopause, but it's a lot slower. Uh, perimenopause can take anywhere, it can take 10 to 15 years. Um, some very few lucky ones are, they have their period and 12 months later, they still haven't gotten it back and they're in menopause. Um, others, it changes and just understanding what's going on with those hormones. You can figure out how to get rid of your hot flashes, how to get rid of your night sweats, how to get rid of that PMS, um, how to keep that weight gain from just showing up overnight. It's all just understanding what your body needs and knowing what to give it. Listening to your body, it all focuses back on what your body's trying to communicate and what it needs. Yes, because it's nice that you're saying that, bringing that up again, because it makes me bring up and question the fact that you say it's a doctor's report, a natural doctor's report. Mm -hmm. So if you have irregular periods or if you just have spotting or if you just go through the the spotting too heavy, too light, too spotting again, I mean, is that normal? I mean, how do you know what is normal? Like you can Google it and all everything that they tell you is Hey, your body tells you if it's normal. Okay, my body does not talk to me in that way. I don't know. Like, it doesn't, apparently my connection right there has lost its <laughs> its little ding, 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 because it's not dinging. It's not letting me know. <laughs> it, it's it's more of an educational thing. It, it's more understanding, um, a little bit of knowledge about what your hormones do and what they're doing and what causes that spotting. Uh, it could be very normal for you to have two days of spotting, three to five days of full flow, and then two to three days of spotting. That could be normal for you. That could be a completely abnormal for, for outside of normal for somebody else. Um, for me, my cycle, my bleeding is about three to five days. Usually it's more closer to three to four. And it's got one day of medium flow, which they're like, well, how do you quantify light, medium, heavy? For me, a light day is one to two product changes. A medium day is three to four product changes. Um, and then a heavy day is five plus, or if you have to get up overnight, that's considered a heavy flow. Uh, so just understanding what your flow is. So when you do talk to somebody who understands and they say, well, how's your flow? What's your heaviest day? And you can say, oh, well, I use this many products. Um, but mine's, like I said, three to four days, one day of a medium flow, sometimes heavy. It hasn't really been heavy lately. But for somebody else, it could be five to seven days with three heavy days, which could be their normal. Yeah. For me, that would be okay. Something didn't quite hit right over the course of the last 30, 28, 30 days. The standard cycle, uh, and a lot of people are like, well, mine fluctuates, or what is a standard cycle? A standard cycle is 24 to 36 days. So there's a big wide range. The yeah. average is 28 to 29 days. Okay. Okay. Um, the first half of the cycle, 
is called the follicular phase. That's when the follicles in your ovaries are growing. And one of those follicles will become the dominant egg. And that's the egg that will be released at ovulation. The second half of the phase or half the cycle is the luteal phase that happens from ovulation to the day before menstruation happens. So follicular's the first day of menstruation until the ovulation or the day after ovulation. The luteal phase is when that egg ovulates, when that follicle ruptures from the, the ovum and goes into the fallopian tube. So you ovulate, the egg's now in your fallopian tube. We develop a new organ called the corpus luteum every month. And what that does is that makes progestone, progesterone. Progesterone holds on to the endometrial lining that grew in the first half. And that's as the egg travels down into the endometrial or into the uterus. If that egg is not fertilized, the corpus luteum starts to degenerate or disintegrate about six to seven days after ovulation. About six to seven days later is when you get menstruation. That second half of the cycle is pretty straightforward. It does not, it hardly ever changes. Uh, and But the first half, that follicular phase can be all over the place. It can be 10 days, one month. It could be 11 days. It can be 15 days. It all depends on stress, illness, your food choices. Um, a lot of things can affect when ovulation happens. Well, that's interesting. So, that so interesting. <laughs> understanding that when you see your period, you're looking at the last how many days of your cycle from the first day. Like I said, for me, my, my cycle right now is 23 days because of where I am in my reproductive years. I'm in parent, late perimenopause right now. Um, a little bit of a challenge getting into, <laughs> into this phase. It's something relatively new that I just started really noticing. Um, but mine's 23 days. When I was 28 days, like, well, the standard is 24 to 36 days. And you, you have to track your cycle to understand. But that second half from ovulation to the first day of menstruation hardly ever changes. The first half does change. And there's a lot of stuff going on. You might notice a lot of your hormones, believe it or not, right around ovulation, which does not necessarily mean that you ovulate at day 14 of your cycle, even on a standard 28-day cycle. You could ovulate at day 10. You could ovulate as late as day 19 or 20, depending on how your cycle and your hormones are functioning. But at ovulation, our hormones fluctuate 30 to 50% daily. So our hormones are everywhere right around ovulation because there's a lot going on. Yeah. There's four major hormones um, in our, there's a total of 12 hormones involved in our reproductive system. Four major ones are doing some major stuff right there at ovulation. And that's our FSH, which is the follicular stimulating hormone, the luteinizing hormone, estrogen, and progesterone. And they're just all over the place. It's it's worse, sometimes worse than PMS, which is more, um, that's usually either an estrogen, your estrogen's higher than your progesterone or your progesterone's higher than your estrogen, depending on what symptoms that you have. Um, and there's ways that you can calm that down and actually have that decreased significantly um, without hormonal birth control. Mm 
Okay, thank you for saying that because I was going to say, is that the reason why hormonal birth control affects the first stage? Because of what you were saying with how it starts the ovulation and it affects the hormones and all of that good stuff. Is that why certain birth controls don't take away the period per se and it only controls the first part because it stops the ovulation and that's why on birth control you're all over the place? It with hormonal birth control, there is the the combination, which is the estrogen and the progesterone or progestin, which is a synthetic progesterone. Um, and then there's the progestin only. It's minus the the estrogen. In the first half, what that does is it basically tells our hormones, both of them, uh, both pills tells our hormones, hey, you don't have to you don't have to make any of it. You don't have to make estrogen. You don't have to make progesterone. Okay. The estrogen in the combination helps build up the endometrial lining a little bit mm -hmm. and it stays at a higher level. So that way our follicular stimulating hormone is not triggered and our luteinizing hormone isn't triggered. So it stops the development of our eggs and it stops the, po the possibility of ovulation. With the progestin only, that we, we then make our own estrogen, but our body is saying we don't need to make estrogen because we aren't developing follicles. The, a higher progesterone does not trigger, once our progesterone hits a low point, that's when the follicular stimulating hormone is triggered by our brain to say, hey, we need to start developing more, uh, follicles. If our progesterone stays at a higher level than what is required for the FSH, FSH is not released from our brain. Our brain doesn't say, hey, I need to send uh, the follicular stimulating hormone into the ovaries to start developing eggs. So there's no development of eggs, no development of eggs. There's no estrogen being produced or generated. No estrogen means that there's no luteinizing hormone that needs to be released because luteinizing hormone causes ovulation. So there's no ovulation. And But it can really mess up our hormones. Um, and it can really confuse our body. Our bodies are meant to go through this process every single month, not just for our reproductive reasons. Uh, it is brain uh, health, heart health, bone health, the estrogen, the progesterone, the luteinizing hormone, the follicular stimulating hormone, uh, all affect different parts of our, our body, not just our reproductive system. Uh, it, it's our thyroid is connected to our reproductive system. Our kidneys are connected to our reproductive system. Our adrenals, which are the little glands on top of our kidneys, are connected to our reproductive system. And these hormones also help regulate what else is going on inside our body. So when we stop those hormones, our body doesn't know what to do. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Like it kind of puts it in like a shock. And it's kind of crazy because it's like for so many years I've been miseducated because they tell us that you go on birth control, it stops you from having babies, but it tricks your mind to think you're already pregnant. So that's the reason why you don't you don't uh you don't get birth because you can't get pregnant while you're already when if your body thinks you're already pregnant, you know, and it's just like it drives me crazy because I've been on birth control since I was nine years old, you know what I mean. And I was on birth control for almost 15, 20 years of my life. 
before I got off of it because it was driving me crazy. I mean, I couldn't stand it anymore. And then I read somebody said that, oh, if you're on birth control for too long, that's it. You're never going to have kids. It's, it stops it all together because it stopped making your, um, your eggs. So you're not going to have kids anymore. So I was just like, oh, well that sucks. So I'm better get off of it so that I can regulate my hormones and I can potentially have kids again, kids one day. It just like, it scares you. It puts you in this, like, in this, in this frame of mind that it just makes periods seem bad. You know what I mean? Because it has that bad rap. It's either I bleed or get pregnant those are the only two options it's like i don't want to be pregnant i mean i've been through that believe me that it's a horror story in itself <laughs> no thank you you know what i mean i'd rather bleed but then it's like you bleed and you have to re-regulate yourself mm -hmm. you know what i mean and that's i think that's the time that not a lot of people have the patience for no. let's be honest we don't have the patience to re-regulate ourselves and know what is what our bodies are telling us if we need to have more food if we need to have more liquids if we need you know what I mean it, it mm -hmm. I understand what you're saying because when I took the time to regulate myself I got to see the difference in my flow in the color and just everything and I realized like wow I'm a lot better off of it like I feel sane. Like I feel sane. No one can call me crazy anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it it's actually interesting. The studies that they're doing, uh, being on hormonal birth control, actually also changes how we look at men and our our partner choices. Um, it, it's I I was asked um a while ago, not actually not too long ago, if I'm against hormonal birth control. I am not against it. I am one, I want to make sure that you're making an informed choice. I've been on several different types of birth control. I was on the combo pill. I was on depo. I had an IUD for six years. Um, so I didn't understand what my body was telling me because I was told what most of us were told is you, a period is just needed for reproduction. You really don't need it. It's a pain in the butt. If it's heavy, we can help regulate your flow with taking this pill. You don't have to worry. You'll be able to get pregnant. And the more I'm looking into it and the more that science is looking into it, we're realizing that that's not the case. And if you actually look at the history of hormonal birth control, it was developed back in the 50s, like mid 50s, the hormonal, the combo pill did their tests in the 50s and their trials were in 1956. They had too many complaints during the trials and they stopped the trials here in the States. So they moved it to Puerto Rico. And in 1957, Puerto Rico and the doctor said, no, we're stopping these trials. There's too many side effects. And those side effects then came to Congress in the 1970s, which is where the booklets for our hormonal birth control came into being. If you actually look at the different packets that come with your hormonal birth control, sorry, <laughs> you'll see that there's a lot of side effects. There's a lot of things that our doctors aren't telling us. And it's not that I, like I said, I'm not against it. I'm not against people deciding to be on hormonal birth control. It's just 
I want you to make an informed decision. Be in control of your body, understand what's going on inside your body. So you can look at that medication and say, do I really want to put this in my body? Here are some of the pros and cons. Here's what could happen later on. Here's what it's doing. Do I want to take those risks? Because I know that there are some, I, I met a beautiful, beautiful lady who cannot take hormonal birth control. It will kill her. And she did a little experiment and called the teledocs that you see on the commercials saying, hey, you can mm -hmm. just call and we'll send you hormonal birth control. They mm -hmm. never asked her her health history and they started sending her hormonal birth control that could kill her. Wow. And it's, <laughs> so it's, I want to educate people. I want to educate individuals on the cycle the importance of the cycle, what you can learn from your cycle. Because what we're taught, I gave this analogy to a friend of mine and she just kind of looked at me like, okay, now I understand. You take a beautiful Sunday, those three beautiful scoops of different kinds of ice cream, the whipped cream, the cherry on top with this gorgeous stem. What we know about our period is the divot at the end of that stem that connected it to the tree when it was still growing. That's what we know about our reproductive system. We don't know about the stem. We don't know about the cherry, the whipped cream, the icing, the sprinkles, the dish. We don't know. A lot of that is missing from our educational system. And so we go to our doctors and say, I have this problem. They say, I have a pill or I have a shot or I have an implant or I have a ring that can help you with this. Yep. Not knowing what it's actually going inside our, of our body, that there's natural ways that we can improve the symptoms that we're experiencing and it there there's there's we have more options yeah yeah i think i think this is necessary i think this conversation is an, a needed one because i love how you said is like i just want to educate women and that's the fact let's be honest we just need to help each other educate each other you know that's it we're not trying to hold our secrets we're not trying to hide the truth of what we are and who we are in reality we're just trying to share it because you know what we're all a little lost you know and <laughs> thankfully I have Heather and she gave us this great information and I have her lovely photo on my website with a link ladies and gentlemen to her website and I'm telling you she has some great information and a great way for you to find the education that you need or just seek the help that you need because we all need help you know that's why i have her here this is my little um psych psychology or um how you say therapy when i speak with my guests <laughs> it's my little therapy session because i love it i love speaking with individuals like yourself it's such a good time you educate me and you educate the audience and you educate the world letting them know that you know what it's okay to question it's a it's okay to question yourself your body what's going on it's okay it's normal it's so normal and we need to embrace that and Heather I guess to start wrapping up the show what would be some great lasting advice even though you already gave us some awesome information <laughs> some great information just mic drop like she did her thing <laughs> what can be some lasting advice that you can give us up with there is a way to learn how to schedule your life, your weeks, your months, your years around your cycle 
so you can be empowered, gain back productivity, energy, creativity, and time management using your cycle, using your period. Um, your period is vital to your health. It is there for a reason. Please check out my website, connect with me. I would love to talk to you. I do have some freebies. One, if you are suffering from PMS, there is a guide on how to decrease your PMS on my website. And there is also a guide on how to cycle, live in cyclical living with your cycle. If you need more help, I'm here. I'm here to answer questions. I'm here to guide you. So please, you have a resource. I'd love to chat with you. I'd love to hear your stories on your first periods and how horrible or how wonderful your periods are. <laughs> I told you guys, tell them Heather. She's a great human being. You can tell by her soul. She's a great, she's doing this out of her goodwill, you know, and we need people like that. So thank you, Heather, for being on my show. You really brought a lot and you're just shining. Look at you. The sun is directly on you and you're just glowing. I love it. Perfect. Just perfect. So that's it. That's the show, y'all. Always, always, always keep thinking and always be